Hey everybody, this is Steve Carroll for EM Basic Essential Evidence. Today we'll be talking about the study behind the famous Nexus criteria. This criteria helps us avoid unnecessary C-spine imaging in certain patients and allows us to clinically clear a patient in cervical collar. As always, this podcast doesn't represent the views or opinions of the Department of Defense, the U.S. Army, or the Fort Hood Post Command. So the title of this article is Validity of a Set of Clinical Criteria to Rule Out Injury to the Cervical Spine in Patients with Blunt Trauma. It was published in the New England Journal of Medicine, July 13, 2000, and the first author is Jerry Hoffman. So the background. So this is a study that defined the Nexus Clinical Decision Rule that helps us determine whether or not a patient needs imaging of their C-spine after blunt trauma. There are five criteria. I remember them with the mnemonic A, B, C, D, E. A is for altered mental status. B is for bony midline tenderness. C is for CNS dysfunction or neurodeficit. D is for drugs or alcohol. And E stands for elsewhere, meaning a distracting injury somewhere else besides the spine. So to talk about this study design a little bit, so this was a prospective multicenter observational study. This means that the authors defined a rule ahead of time, defined a data collection method ahead of time, then applied it to patients at 21 different hospitals. They needed 21 hospitals to participate because C-spine fractures and injuries are rare, so you need a large number of patients to capture those few that have fractures. When you're validating a clinical rule, you need to make sure that you have enough patients who actually have the disease that you're looking for, otherwise your results aren't valid. As a little bit of historical context, there's nothing magical about these criteria, but they represent a standard set of common sense criteria that clinicians were using well before the study was published. These criteria were studied in other smaller studies before Nexus and showed 100% sensitivity for C-spine injuries, meaning that the criteria picked up every C-spine injury. However, since these studies were so small, their actual sensitivity could be as low as 89% when you look at the confidence intervals. So briefly, a confidence interval in this case represents a range of possible sensitivities based on the size of your sample. So while the authors may have observed a 100% sensitivity for the nexus criteria in a small study, the small sample size has a lower confidence interval that says that the sensitivity could be as low as 89% if you had a larger sample size. This could mean missing one out of every 10 C-spine fractures. In order to boost the sensitivity, a much larger study was needed, and that is why the Nexus study was conducted. So let's talk about the study methods. The authors got together 21 different hospitals that represented a mix of academic and community hospitals, public and private hospitals, and those with and without emergency medicine residents. This is a great advantage to the study, because you aren't just testing it in a few big trauma centers, you are seeing how this criteria performs in the real world, in all types of hospitals. For every patient with blunt trauma to the neck, a clinician filled out a form indicating the presence or absence of the five criteria. The ultimate decision whether or not to get an x-ray or CT was determined by the clinician. Remember that this is an observational study, because the study is not changing anything about the patient's treatment, just observing what is happening as the usual course of care. One thing the authors make clear is that they didn't rigidly define the five criteria. For example, technically a stubbed toe could be a distracting injury in a patient with a minor NVC who is being, let's say, a little overdramatic. In contrast, I've seen patients who are wide awake, talking, and calm with a deformed femur. By not rigidly defining each criteria, the authors tested them in a real-world setting 
because in the real world, clinicians may have varying definitions of the criteria. So let's talk about the results and some of the numbers. Overall, the study included 34,069 patients, so about 34,000 patients. Of these patients, 818 had C-spine injuries, so this makes an incidence of 2.4%. Patients ranged in age from 1-year-old to 101 years old, although there were very few children below the age of 5 in the patient population. Of those 818 patients with a C-spine injury, only 8 were not detected by the nexus criteria for a sensitivity of 99%. Of those eight patients, three were treated with a C-collar only, and only two of them had fractures that were clinically significant. This means that three patients were given a C-collar, and while the other three patients may have had a fracture, nothing had to be done about it at all. When you examine the two patients with clinically significant fractures, one of these patients was asymptomatic and refused any intervention other than a soft collar, and was asymptomatic at follow-up six weeks later. The other patient had paresthesias in his right arm after a car accident with a loss of consciousness and a clavicle fracture, and underwent a laminectomy and fusion at the level of his fracture. In that case, the clinician may have not applied the rule correctly due to the paresthesias, which is part of the CNS findings of the criteria, the C part of the ABCDE criteria. However, The authors included it as a missed injury just to be on the safe side. So out of all those 818 patients, only one patient who was missed by nexus criteria needed any intervention beyond a C-collar. To go one step further, it is possible that the one patient who got surgery may not have needed it because today spinal surgeons are hesitant to operate on anyone unless they have motor weakness, not just paresthesias. So at the end of the day, the nexus criteria has a sensitivity of 99% with a confidence interval of 98 to 99.6%. Its sensitivity for clinically significant injuries is 99.6%. I don't think that there are any other clinical decision rules out there that can boast that kind of sensitivity. So how do we use this criteria? You'll want to use the nexus criteria in patients whom you think have a minor mechanism or low risk for cervical spine injury based on your clinical history and exam. For example, If the patient is unconscious and intubated after a rollover MVC, then don't use Nexus. On the flip side, if the patient just got rear-ended at low speed and is having neck pain, then that is the patient to use Nexus. Remember the criteria. A for altermental status. B for bony midline tenderness. C for any CNS dysfunction, weakness, or paresthesias. D for drugs. And E for elsewhere, meaning a distracting injury elsewhere. One little note, when we say bony midline tenderness, we are talking about pain on the midline of the C-spine, right on the bone. You have to press on the actual bony part of the C-spine. If the patient has tenderness of their paraspinal muscles, then this doesn't count as breaking the nexus criteria. The only thing that counts is bony tenderness on the midline. If you can't evaluate the patient because they can't tell you whether it hurts or not, then don't use nexus. One final note, The one argument against the nexus criteria is that CT is now pretty much the standard of care for C-spine imaging, and nexus used plain x-rays almost exclusively. CT will pick up more injuries, whether they are clinically significant or not. I still think there's a role for plain C-spine films, but others disagree. Adding to this debate is the fact that since we do so many fewer C-spine x-rays, the x-ray techs as a group are getting less skilled at getting adequate C-spine films.
My take on it is that if you have a young patient with minor mechanism and a low-risk exam, and all they have is midline tenderness, you already have placed them into a very low-risk category. Even if that C-spine x-ray is only 70% sensitive for C-spine fractures, as some people claim, then you've already taken away 70% of that already infinitesimally small risk and saved them a bunch of radiation to their thyroid. This is just my own personal take on C-spine clearance, but the whole topic of C-spine clearance, that's a podcast onto itself. This podcast is just reviewing the Nexus article. So that's all I have on the Nexus study. Drop me an email or post on embasic.org with your thoughts. Until next time, this is Steve Carroll for EM Basic Central Evidence, signing off.